Did you know that the furthest distance humans have ever traveled was done not intentionally, but by complete accident? Hey, Alex here, and welcome to Go, a podcast about travel, places, and adventure. From explorers like Leif Erikson to Lewis and Clark, to more extreme methods of travel like deep sea diving and space exploration, you might get the sense that humans are made to travel. Today, we're gonna explore the stories behind some of the deepest, the farthest, and the loneliest traveled people ever. But first, this episode is sponsored by localbeyond.com. Local Beyond, think outside the cubicle. The first people to land on Mars will claim the title of the furthest traveled humans. But do you know who holds the current record? And why was that record an accident? Hey, ignition sequence has started. Six, five, four, three, two, one. On April 11, 1970, astronauts James Lovell, Jack Swigger, and Fred Hayes departed Earth on the third mission to land humans on the moon. This was the Apollo 13. Two other successful moon landings occurred within the previous year, so this mission was pretty straightforward. Get two astronauts to the moon and explore its surface, while a third astronaut remains on board the spacecraft Odyssey and orbits the moon. The initial launch went fine. A Saturn V rocket took the men into outer space from the Kennedy Space Station in Florida. From there, it would take three days to arrive at the moon. The Apollo spacecraft came in two main parts. The first and most important was the command module, named Odyssey. It housed the crew and supplied the equipment needed to orbit the moon and then return them to Earth. The second part of the spacecraft was the lunar module, named Aquarius. This would deliver two astronauts onto the moon and act as their home for the duration of the stay. It would then launch them back out into space where they would rendezvous with Odyssey. Things were going pretty normal and as planned for the Apollo 13 crew. That is until the start of day three. At a distance of over 200,000 miles from Earth, a crucial oxygen tank exploded. Alarms lit up and sounded as the astronauts heard a loud bang. They could see through one of the windows that oxygen was leaking out of the spacecraft. Within seconds, Odyssey's entire oxygen reserves had leaked out into space. Here's the actual audio of astronaut Jack Swigert's famous line. Okay, Houston, we've had a problem here. This is Houston, say again, please. This was a huge disaster for the mission, not only because the astronauts needed oxygen to breathe, but because oxygen was used to power the fuel cells needed for propulsion. Two hours after the tank exploded, the fuel cells completely shut down. In a last-ditch effort, astronauts put Odyssey on low power mode and entered Aquarius, which had its own oxygen and fuel supplies. But Aquarius wasn't supposed to be powered on until they were near the moon. It also didn't have a heat shield to survive re-entry through Earth's atmosphere. But it could keep the astronauts alive long enough for ground control to figure out a plan. 
For obvious reasons, Houston canceled moon landing and then referred to their existing abort plans, which they designed five years earlier. Those plans required that astronauts jettison Aquarius to get back to Earth, but the spacecraft was flying towards the moon at too fast of a speed for Odyssey's limited power to change the course of travel. Aquarius was also acting as a sort of life raft, which the astronauts would need to shelter in for the next four days if they wanted to survive. But this also posed a series of problems. First, Aquarius was powered by batteries and not meant to operate at full power for as long as they would need it. To get around this, Aquarius was powered down to its lowest levels possible. It also wasn't designed to sustain three astronauts. Although it had plenty of breathable oxygen since it was intended to repressurize itself on the moon each time they opened the hatch, it couldn't filter out the carbon dioxide, or CO2, of more than two people at a time. Astronauts watched helplessly as the CO2 indicator was rising until it finally reached critical levels. Breathing in too much carbon dioxide is deadly. It's also a slow killer, which would first disorient the astronauts and then cause them to lose consciousness. Now, inside Aquarius were these small cylinder-shaped canisters that filtered the CO2, while the Odyssey had larger rectangle-shaped canisters. The larger ones weren't compatible with Aquarius, so ground control improvised a way to make them work. Using hoses from one of the spacesuits, they instructed the Apollo 13 crew how to improvise one of the canisters. Working frantically but as calmly as possible, astronaut Jack Swigger re-entered the Odyssey to remove the canister and then completely shut down the larger spacecraft. Racing against time, Fred Hayes and James Lovell stayed inside of Aquarius and improvised the device. CO2 levels soon began to stabilize, proving that the method worked. With little fuel power to turn the spacecraft around back towards Earth, the astronauts plotted a trajectory that would use the moon's gravity to send them home. In order to get swung around properly, the new path would take them to the far side of the moon, much further than any other manned spaceflight had ever done. On April 15, 1970, at 248,655 miles from Earth, they became the furthest traveled humans in history. This route now put them back on a trajectory towards home. But to get back there with enough power, the astronauts shut down all non-essential systems on the Aquarius. This included the heating system, causing temperatures to drop to near freezing. As the spacecraft approached Earth, the crew finally moved from the Aquarius to the larger Odyssey. Moments before entering the atmosphere, the astronauts boarded the command module for re-entry, but they were still unsure whether the re-entry capsule was damaged during the oxygen tank explosion. Here's actual audio from that very tense moment as ground control is waiting for the astronauts to enter the atmosphere. We're now coming to the moment, the last moments of Apollo 13 as it begins its re-entry. The best thing we can do now is just to listen and hope. Apollo Control, Houston, uh, we've just had loss of signal uh, from uh, Honeysuckle. And they are coming in faster than predicted. They're coming in just about as fast as any spacecraft has returned from space before. Just about now, they should be going through the moment of maximum heat. And we'll only know whether or not that heat shield was damaged by the explosion three days ago. 
less than 10 seconds now, uh, we will attempt to uh, contact Apollo 13 uh, through one of the Araya aircraft. Continuing to monitor this Apollo Control Houston. We've had a report that Araya 4 aircraft uh, has acquisition of signal. Odyssey Houston standing by, over. Okay, we read you, Jack. That was uh, Jim Lovell responding with the OK, Joe. Correction there, that was Command Module Pilot Jack Swagger. All we can be certain of is that everybody's watching for those small red and white parachutes to come out to signal the final safety stage of this flight. Should see something any time now. There they are. There they are. There they are. There they are. They've made it. All three shoots out. Listen to the crowd on the boat. An extremely loud applause here in Mission Control. Extremely loud applause as Apollo 13 on uh, main shoots comes through loud and clear on the television display here. Future Apollo missions carried larger batteries and bigger CO2 filters, as well as safer and separate oxygen tanks, one for breathing and one for fuel. The Apollo 13 crew still holds the nearly 50-year record for the furthest traveled humans. But that record is nowhere near as far as the furthest traveled man-made object. And that is coming up after this. The landscape of work is changing. Instead of being stuck in a cubicle, you can take your work virtually anywhere. If your current job gives you the freedom to work remotely, then why not live, work, and play for a month in cities like Florence or Budapest? Local Beyond makes taking your work to new, exciting cities possible. Their experts help you prepare for life abroad. When you arrive at your destination, you're welcomed by your very own Local Beyond rep, who'll take you to your centrally located apartment with everything you need. Think outside the cubicle. LocalBeyond.com. At 13 billion miles away from Earth and counting, the Voyager 1 is the farthest traveled man-made object. The space probe was launched in 1977 to observe Saturn and Jupiter. Traveling at 11 miles a second, it's also one of the fastest man-made objects. And in 2012, the Voyager 1 became the only man-made object to escape the heliosphere, which is defined as the region of space dominated by our Sun. It's now traveling through interstellar space and continues to send data back to Earth. The lonely space probe is expected to keep functioning until around 2025, when its nuclear generator runs out of power. Space can be pretty lonely for humans, especially if you're by yourself. Just ask the six command module pilots who stayed in lunar orbit during successful moon landings. 
Each of these astronauts were alone in the spacecraft while two other astronauts explored the moon. They spent up to three days completely alone, even sometimes losing radio contact with ground control when traveling around the far side of the moon. But you don't have to leave Earth to be completely isolated from other humans. Just ask film producer James Cameron, who in 2012 descended to the bottom of the Mariana Trench, the deepest place on the planet. At a depth of 35,000 feet, Cameron was deeper than Mount Everest is tall. Here, the weight of the ocean is over 15,000 pounds per square inch. The film producers spent a little over two hours at the pitch black bottom in the deep sea Challenger submarine. The multi-million dollar craft has one window to look out of and can only fit one person. If climbing into a cramped submarine for several hours sounds like a bad time, what about getting on a cramped airplane? Qatar Airlines Flight 921 is the farthest commercial flight in the world, transporting passengers from New Zealand to Qatar on a Boeing 777. This flight takes a whopping 18 hours and 10 minutes to complete. Nothing much flies further, unless you look into the animal kingdom, like the Arctic Tern. This small white bird claims the longest migration in the world. It spends its time in the northern hemisphere during the summer months, then flies all the way to Antarctica when the southern hemisphere has its summer months. These birds are built for flying. In one case, scientists tagged a chick in the northern United Kingdom. Within just three months, this bird learned how to fly, then traveled over 14,000 miles to Melbourne, Australia. If you're planning to travel that far, subscribe to our podcast to keep yourself busy. And don't forget to tell a friend or family member about us. Check out gothepodcast.com to read more about travel, places, and adventure. We also have an Instagram, a Twitter, and a Facebook where you can find more of our content. I'm Alex Walensky, and thanks for listening.